Hey, honeys. Yo, yo, yo. It's the Who, Where, Their podcast. <laughs> well, that's a mouthful. Yeah, you can just call us the Travel Brats. First name travel. Last name brat. So, what's in the itinerary today? Hello, hello. Beautiful people. Guess who's back? It, the Travel Brats. It's the best day of the week. Surprise, surprise. Travel Brat Tuesday. And we're back. And we have a great episode that we've prepared today. Soph, what are we going to be talking about? Oh, we're going to be talking about a very special topic, guys. Do you remember when we talked about our book episode? Well, it's going to be like that, but even better. We seem to have left out a specific category, and it was business, entrepreneurship, and we have a very special guest here today to talk about those, and he's actually the author of his own book. Ash, what's his name? Connor Fermender! Yes, welcome, Connor. Oh, thank you for having me. I'm very excited to be back on the episode. It was a lot of fun last time I was here. It was. We talked about... Dominican Republic, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah we talked about Punta Cana. It was a travel episode. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Travel episode. And actually, Connor's written his own book. So, Ash, yeah. what's it about? So, since then, he has released his own book. It's called The Ever-Evolving Art of Balance. And it is a self-education for a well-balanced life. And he just released it. When did you release it, Connor? Uh, July 1st. Okay, so it's wow. very new. So Hot I'm... off the presses. Hot yeah. off the presses. Yep. So definitely, that's why we definitely brought Connor on for this, because this is motivation, leadership, and definitely different insight. So we're going to be covering a couple different categories today. Um, business leadership, empowerment. We're going to be talking about different motivations. We're going to be talking about financial intelligence. Entrepreneurial intelligence. Yes, all kinds of good stuff. So we're going to start off with the category of business and leadership. So Connor, is there any really good books that you would recommend to our Travel Brat tribe? For business and leadership, absolutely. There's That's honestly hard to uh, just pick one. But to pick one, and it's literally sitting in front of me right now, is Zero to One, um, Notes on Startups or How to Build a Future by Peter Thiel uh, with some contribution by Blake Masters. I read this book twice, actually, um, twice in, in a little about a, a span of a year and a half. Um, awesome for anyone you know looking to start their own business or even are, let's say, six months, even a couple years into starting your business. Um, let's still consider you a startup. But at the end of the day, this book um, with, with the insights and just the perspective on somebody like Peter Thiel, um, it's got a lot of content that dates back until, you know, the, the, the PayPal mafia when Peter Thiel and the whole gang, you know, started that. And, um, and so a lot of insight from, from someone who has, uh, you know, been from absolute ground zero to what is without a doubt considered, you know, expert level. Um, so yeah, without a doubt, zero to one. And, you know, with that in mind, with talking about the business side in this perspective of an entrepreneur, I think there's a lot of really good books because a lot of people don't realize it's it's super different from just basic business. Um, so I wanted to shout out a couple really good books if you're looking to start your own business. Obviously, Zero to One's a great one. Um, if you're kind of starting up, like you're interested in it, you're curious, a really good easy read that's really inspirational is All in Startup. We actually read it my sophomore year of college and it's, you know, it's about a guy who owns a bike business and he just can't seem to make any sales. And that's the problem for a lot of entrepreneurs. They ignore a lot of statistics and um, market research that they're supposed to do prior to starting a business. And he basically learns in a poker tournament in Vegas how to actually effectively start a business and make great money and make great sales. So I'm not going to tell you any more about it because I'll ruin the whole awesome story. But um, All In Startup's a great one. And if you're um, in, like, in the thick of 
running your own business and things aren't going that well, especially now with COVID. And it's if you're not in the industry that's succeeding during COVID, it's been I'm sure it's been really hard and failing or falling forward is a great book and I pretty much said what it's about by messing up the first letter and the first word but it's basically about how failing you learn so much more from failing than you do in business from succeeding which eventually you know you got to succeed you got to make money but those beginning failures are so important in shaping the future success of any business startup that you'll make so Ashley you got one yeah definitely one that I read in strategic leadership while I'm doing my um, master's of business administration at FGCU is the leadership crisis by John Allison and has a lot of different principles that really cover whether or not you have the same beliefs as the author John Allison but he's somebody who was running BB&T for almost 20 years and he basically goes over different principles in life and to be a leader and it's really awesome because he shares insight and being able to make a profitable business but also focusing on people and inspiring the people around you to be also working very hard um and he has libertarian views so it's very interesting to hear what he has to say but it's definitely very insightful to have different perspectives to read about and that's very good for strategic leadership and for planning and also running an ethical business because running a business with integrity is really important so i would recommend the leadership crisis by john allison um yeah so connor are there more books um in the business ethics that you would be wanting to shout out and recommend um yeah there's a ton so i'm going to kind of piggyback off what sophia was getting at earlier with your if your business is not doing so well and you're again you're, you're you've been running your business for a few years now um the book title is called traction and i want to say it's gino wickman um yeah, yeah it's gino wickman sophia just confirmed that um, get get your hands on that book. It's actually the um, follow up book. Uh, I would say the follow up book to the Entrepreneurial Leap. So I'm going to give two right now, if that's okay. Two more mm-hmm. quick. Yeah. Um, Traction is the follow up to the Entrepreneurial Leap, also by Gina Wickman, same author. Um, these are all part of the Entrepreneurial Operating System, which is an international um, um, system, essentially, you know, process. You know, that a lot of entrepreneurs follow, and these two books are are um, a great resource for that. But traction, and then yeah, and then entrepreneurial leap, and 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 again, I'm going to piggyback off Sophia. Uh, you know, even what she was mentioning earlier. <laughs> um, you were talking about if you're you know if you're just getting started. Um, well, this is a great book if you are literally just getting started and thinking about you know starting your own business, questioning are you a true entrepreneur? Do you carry the genes? Is it something you're going to have to pick up along the way? So on and so forth. Um, this book is is probably it's honestly I consider it a prerequisite pre prerequisite is that how you yeah, say it? yeah yes, pre prereq before you even start your company because it, it it is going to define what it is going to take to be a true entrepreneur because in 2020 I think the the term entrepreneur has lost its true value and context and what it takes to actually be an entrepreneur mm-hmm. um, it's almost become a trend almost like a cool thing to do yeah. and add to your Instagram bio I'm an um, entrepreneur <laughs> and an influencer yeah but but honestly it's it's it just it's a gut punching book that's going to say look this is what it's going to take you need to have these you know fill in the blank uh, you know characteristics personas so on and so forth and abilities to push to it yeah get your hands on the entrepreneurial leap and then when you do start a business and you're successful at it get your hands on traction and you know on the flip side of that if you're looking for more of like the basis for starting a business and not you know you need these personality traits if you're looking for like okay i'm going to start a business in 365 days what do i need to do first because a lot of people are like, I, I want to start a business, but I have no idea how. I don't know what to do. I don't know how to do it. I don't know who to bring on. So um, there's an awesome book called The Startup Checklist. And it basically is 25 steps 
to scalable, high growth business. Um, and again, we read that in college. It's just easy. Like, okay, you got to get the books down. You got to yeah. run the marketing and it just helps you really build your plans. To the point where it has a checklist on the back of the book where <laughs> that I use for Fielder. Yeah. I've used a couple, a couple companies, but especially for Fielder where I have check marks on all of the boxes <laughs> except for just a couple. Um, but yeah, awesome book as well. So, which I think that's great. And Ashley, you talked about, um, the leadership challenge or the leadership crisis, the leadership crisis. Cause I have a really good book that that reminded me of. It's actually called the leadership challenge and it talks about different leaders and how they lead and basically all the different aspects to leadership, like the definition of leadership and all the subcategories of that. And, you know, I, I took a class with this and you basically had to take a personality test that told you what you were weak on. It was like, oh my gosh, 200 questions. And, oh, wow. and, and really, and the coolest thing about that was you had to get fellow family members, friends, coworkers, and then like random classmates or people that knew you to all put their perspective on your personality in oh, wow. all those categories. So it was really good to get that outside perspective, too, because when you're like, oh, I'm a great leader, like I'm great, you know, you don't really notice the things you do well and you don't. So if you guys are really kind of on that side where you're struggling with, okay, how do I be a leader? What do I need to improve on? You know, to be a great CEO or great president, um, I would recommend reading um, The Leadership Challenge and by a... Kozis Posner, if I totally didn't butcher that. (laughs) We butcher a a bunch of names. But going off of that, that's why it's also really important to, I'm sure, get other people's perspectives of you and to be able to also identify your points where you can grow and opportunities for growth. I don't want to say weakness. But for Hmm. different areas in me, like selling and closing was kind of something that I kind of hesitated towards. In different areas, I could be like a natural leader. But when it came to closing and sales, I really struggled with and that's currently the industry that I'm in so I started them reading the art of closing the sale by Brian Tracy I've been also recommended a lot of different sales books. I'm currently like halfway through this and I really think that it's great to get different perspectives on sales and having 20 seconds of insane courage and to also take a deep breath that people just want to also be connecting with you and to kind of go past that level of you're creating these win-win situations and also definitely embracing that and understanding that that's the dynamic you should constantly be creating and chasing. So that's a really good book that I'm reading for sales, but there's a bunch of other ones we'll be recommending too. If we don't shout them out in this podcast, we'll definitely link them in the blog. And uh, I don't know if this was Ashley or Connor, but who read Financial Intelligence? I have not read that yet, that but me. I would love Tell that. Tell us a little bit about that one. That's kind of playing off what Ashley just talked about. That that really hit home for me because um, I I was never the most natural at money management. Um, it's, it's just not you know not up my alley necessarily as as a natural skill. Um, so something I wanted to focus on building, but regardless, you know, whether it's a strength or skill, I'm, I'm sorry, strength or weakness, still something to get your hands on as an entrepreneur. And what financial intelligence the book um, does is outline the core, the essential, the crucial uh, metrics that you as the any, any you know any any position as, as a founder in the C-suite as an executive, whether you're the CEO or you're the CFO, the numbers, uh, um, uh, the analytics, the, the metrics that you should always have your eyes on and always know on a daily basis or weekly basis, monthly basis, quarterly basis. Um, you know, again, it, it doesn't it, it does a good job of also uh, expressing um, to those specific positions which may not have to deal with financials on a daily basis. Look, you don't need to, you know, necessarily know the the absolute, you know, nitty gritty. That's why we have accountants. That's why we have um, um, financial advisors and so forth. 
Um, and what all, oh, and another thought that just popped to my mind, and, I'll, and then I'll shut up. Um, what it also does is express just the reality that a lot of times as you start scaling, um, filling out your books um, uh, can be just your best educated assumptions of what the, you yeah, know, what the following agreed. six months and years totally are going to look agreed. like. Um, and so it, it just breaks down the reality of, of, you know, not just starting a business, but really scaling a business and what it's going to take and the, the, you know, high level and, and deep level metrics you should be following at all times. And if we're, you know, if we're talking a little bit more about, um, say you're not such an entrepreneur, uh, but you're so interested in stocks, in, you know, the stock market, in business and corporations, or you're, you are an entrepreneur and you're just trying to kind of figure out the whole secret behind the economy there's a great book called eat the rich and it basically just it's like good capitalism versus bad capitalism versus socialism and it just talks about how everything ties in together in economics and if you so if anybody's interested in that it's a little more of a harder read but it's not necessarily boring because the author he throws in a ton of humor so because you know with economics it can get a little bit oh man you know how much more of this uh, supply and demand can i take but but it's so important read it people it's so important guys and and he makes it really fun um if anybody knows the book that was written way back when the wealth of nations he it's kind of a a large reference for this novel so but it's made modern it was made in, in 1998 so yeah, Written. that's a little bit more modern than yeah, the Adam it's just Smith. Just a little days. bit more modern than Adam <laughs> Smith. Yeah, <laughs> father of capitalism. Yeah. Okay. Um. Yeah. So definitely. So looking back at the financial intelligence, though, does that kind of have also like the social intelligence aspect too? Like, I feel like that's what I always like to read about, or emotional intelligence. But that's interesting because it's written by both a man and a woman. I feel like they don't always co-author together, and I find that really interesting. So I'm definitely going to be checking that yeah, one out. Definitely. Yeah. No. And to answer your question, no, no, no emotion. Fat, okay. numbers all numbers all and then we're looking at it right now i mean the subtitle of it, a manager's guide to knowing what the numbers meet really mean and that. and to clarify the manager again we're talking executive level you know mm-hmm. um oh and and another thing is is it expressed the the importance as an executive in your company to be transparent with your staff um all of your employees of what your quarter you know what your quarterly um um uh, sales or whatever you know, whatever you decide to, you know, companies will vary in what what numbers that they do show. Whether it's you know the, that their growth month over month, or maybe you know their net sales that they borrowed over the quarter, companies will vary in what they display. But it was just expressing the transparency that the the executive level has the responsibility to to be with their staff. Um, and, and on the on the on the te- on the context of you know what the numbers really mean, again that goes back to just the reality of a lot of times it's it's the accountants, it's the CFOs best absolute best educated you know fact-based assumptions Mm -hmm. um but yeah and that i mean i think that ties a lot into leadership as well absolutely Absolutely. transparent with a company um but in taking it more i think this is kind of leading it into a conversation of a couple books that are just talking about you know being a better leader being a better person but if you guys have never read have any of you read the present no Mm-mm. okay i was it's, looking at that i was gonna say it's great it, it's more of like a you would like it ashley i yeah. would i i mm-hmm. it took me a while to get into this book because i'm not very um i'm like factual i'm yes. not very like feeling and leadership yeah, but, I live for that. <laughs> yeah like you know but it's basically just it's how to have a peace of mind when and when all this is going on when you're starting a business how to feel more alive in it you know how to stay productive prosperous how to stay motivated with your idea because there are nights when you just want to give up you know um and then just basically finding whatever's important to you um and those around you those you work with so just kind of seeing a vision 
So that's good. It's more of like a, you know, how do I feel about all the things that are going on business-wise in my life? Kind of finding that balance. Well, with finding that balance, ah. that balance, the ever evolving. Like I'm not gonna. I'm I'm literally sitting over here smiling because so much of what we're saying right now, I'm like, yep, talked about that, talked about that, have a chapter on that. Yeah. So. so basically, with that, then Connor, let's shout out your book and tell us a little bit about your book from your perspective. From yes. my, per- all right, from my perspective. All right. So first and foremost, I just want to—I always love taking adva- this, you know, advantage of this opportunity to express my gratitude for everyone that helped me put this book together. It was about a year-long process. I, I thought it was going to be about an 18-month process, but got it down to about 11, 12 months. Um, there were late nights. There were very long days. There was uh, a lot of um, patience, a lot of tedious um, you know, work within this book. But at the end of the day, um, it was probably one of the most impactful, meaningful things I've ever done in my own life and the most satisfying thing emotionally, mentally. But again, just expressing my gratitude because it, you know, although you only see one name on it, there were many people that helped bring this book to fruition. There were people that contributed it. There were many people that, that helped me revise it and edit it and provided early feedback before I even was comfortable publishing it. Um, and, and of course my illustrator, Marina, got to give a shout out to Marina. Um, there are some awesome illustrations in here. I'm super excited how they, uh, with how they came out, but, but yeah, you know, it, it, again, what probably one of the most meaningful things I've done. And from the, the, I'm pretty impressed with how many people have already gotten and have already had a chance to read it. And from the feedback that they've given me, the true value and, and source of income, if you would, that I'm getting from this book is just the, the positive input, you know, the, the way it's impacting other people's lives and, and that they're able to take what they're reading in this book. And in a very difficult time through 2020, especially not just any other year, um, apply it to what's going on in their life and, and hopefully help them, you know, balance everything that they have going in life between, you know, work, personal, mental, emotional, um, the whole nine. And uh, what's your favorite chapter in the book, Connor? Oh God! I've never had that. That's the first time anybody's asked that. me that. Oh my God! That. that is okay. That is a good question. Um, my favorite chapter. Um, oh wow. Okay, I'm gonna. Whoa! I'm gonna give you. I'm gonna give you. I know my mind's blown. I'm gonna give you an answer right now to the best of my ability, and then I'm probably gonna go home and I'll be like, crap, should I give him this? Answer? But no. Um, I would say the best. The my favorite chapter is um, is the the. Oh my god, this is so tough. Um, um, yeah, honestly, I would say it's it's a, it's tough between the chapter on constructive criticism and coachability. Um, that sounds like a great one. <laughs> yeah, it's it's a really good one because my favorite chapters are are ones that are probably the more gut punching ones that are like really puts you in the driver's seat yeah. and put things into perspective. Um, cause I get, I get light and then I get heavy throughout the book. Um, con- uh, yeah, constructive criticism and coachability is, which is one chapter in itself or, um, uh, con- uh, having accountability at all times is another chapter. That's a really good, that's, accountability. I think that that is the universal problem with human beings. That's, yeah, those, that's yeah. the literally like the first sentence in the chapter is yeah. this is, is what really? the majority of the highest majority of people lack is oh. the ability to hold themselves accountable. Yes. Great minds it's, think it's, alike. It's universal. It's, it blows my mind yeah. how, the, it's, yeah. It's but the that's source of the problem. People. It separates it is. Yeah. People. And it's it's a foundation to where you go from mm-hmm. there and how you can do things forward, how progressive and productive you can be forward. Because if you can't take accountability for what you're doing, mm-hmm. you're never actually going to see and understand things clearly for right. what they are. Right. And, and I feel like you'll never be a successful adult no, business no, owner gosh, if no. you can't say, hey, I messed up. Yeah. I'm Responsibility. Yeah. yeah. And, 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 and on the topic of this, because – and this also ties into a huge portion of leadership – 
um, two books, Good to Great, which is Good on our list, yes. oh, yeah. as well as there's the quote in that book, but then there's also a quote in a book called, I didn't have on that list, The White Buffalo by James Belasco, and there's a quote in it that is all about accountability, and it's mm-hmm. if, and again, we're probably talking on a business level here, but let's make it universal. If you, you, you know, at the end of the day, you, if something goes wrong, you know, in and around your life where in some way, shape or form, you are a part of that situation, you are to look yourself in the mirror and say what it is that I did do or did not do that allowed this to happen in and around my life. It's something, so a lot of people don't realize it's like, I didn't do this. I didn't do this. But it's something that you did not do. It's something you did not avoid and something you did not learn earlier and, and, and avoid that situation or avoid that person. And most people are like, what did other people do to me? Exactly. It's like, oh, it's all fill in the blanks fault it's yeah. all and and there is no progress or growth made there when you cannot take accountability and those no. are not the leaders that you want to be following and those are the leaders gosh that no that's not it. what somebody you want yeah. running your staff that's somebody that's going to look at you as an employee and be like why is this not done it's all your fault blah blah, blah. right and your lack of accountability to train them properly yeah Absolutely. and i think all three of us coming from the past couple years we can all agree on the fact that it's difficult to just figure that out ourselves with mentors. It helps a lot. And with oh, these books, sure. I mean, these books serve sure. as, as novel mentors. Yep. And I then mean, there's that follow-up coachability, being able to accept constructive exactly. criticism and being able to be coachable. Well, right. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of great books as well um, that I didn't really bring into this because they don't talk about business or entrepreneurship, but they're um, sports. Mm-hmm. They're sports uh, leaders that have been really successful business people. Yeah. And, and you want to know why. It's literally because of the fact that it's not, it's not how you fall, it's how quick you get back up. Yep. And 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 so anyway, I could go on forever about that. But that's great and I think that that's just such a good point. There's a whole section in about about right. athletics and, and how right. athletics play such an important role yeah. in that. Yeah. Uh-huh. Oh my god. I'm, this, yeah. this, 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 oh my god, yeah. And it's, fall, yeah, it's falling awesome. forward. It's this it's, is awesome. It's your falling, but you're learning from it and you're growing, you're changing, and the losing gives you more than the winning. Football practice and getting screamed at to get back to the huddle with the whistle blowing in my ear and do it one more effing time over and over. <laughs> were some of the most appreciated times. Yeah, yeah and, and you look back and you can reflect. We're some of the most so, appreciated yes. times. Loved it. Lo- yeah. So glad yeah. that was a part of my life because it's defined and made me into the man I am today. That gives me chills. I know. <laughs> I my that. dad always says there's nothing yeah. like sports and you're a volleyball yeah, player. Yeah, we were all Connors super competitive football, athletes. Tennis, yeah. So, and, and just for you travel brats, if you're curious about good to great, it's basically, um, it's, it's great companies and their triumphs over time. So long-term sustainability. It's so interesting. And, and, you know, because everybody, especially with millennials in our age group, which we're, I'm not even a millennial. I'm even we're Zier. Uh, yeah. We're, yeah. we're Zier. So, we're Zier. I'm, I'm a millennial. I mean, you guys oh, are Zier. I'm very okay. end. I'm, I'm 96. Yeah, we're Zs, <laughs> and yeah. Ashley's a millennial. So, you know, it's that, like, instant gratification, instant pay that everybody's after, and it's not how you build long-term success. Yep, long-term, long-term is how you should be running yeah. it, especially yeah. with the economic so, so mindset. So that's all about good to great, and I just think that that's such a great book. And, and learn about the hedgehog concept read it learn about that okay. and speaking of i think we're we're kind of touching into this next book again i'm not sure who wrote it but the art of un- the unknown yeah that's by the lauren black Suarez. Suar- yes Suarez. yes i always love to say you get comfortable get comfortable with the unknown love the unknown you know what yeah I mean? so that's another great book we're gonna not spend time yeah. talking too long about everything love guys that. but like ashley said earlier all of these will be linked in our blog. Nice. Yes. And um, so I know we talked We talked a lot about leadership. We've talked a lot about economics. Yes. I wanted to touch a little bit on, like, the analytics side and staying lean. Um, so if you're, again, this is kind of for the entrepreneurs out there. If you're trying to start a business and you're like, you know, I'm 23 years old. I have maybe $10,000 in my bank account. I got student loans, car payments. You know, I got an apartment. How do I start a business now? 
Well, a lot of colleges now are teaching entrepreneurship through Lean Startup, and this is a great book. It's called Lean Analytics, and it basically teaches you how to cheaply and economically savvily, I don't even know if that's a thing, but (laughs) do you recommendation to economically savvily, okay? Um, Learn how to basically uh, build your business the lean way. So it's lean startup, but it's not quite. It's all about analytics. So marketing, SEO, Ash knows a lot about that. Yes. And and that you'll find that that's the most important thing. That's where you can waste the most money trying to make sales if you're not marketing your business to the correct target market using the correct platforms and, you know, yada, yada, yada. Your, but. your time is the most important asset that you have. It's so scarce. So you need to be using that so efficiently and effectively. So don't waste your time. Don't blow your money. Don't waste your time because that's the most important. The older I've gotten, the more I've realized the ultimate luxury is my time. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a car, not a house, my just time. Mm-hmm. And, and and I want to, I wanna, again, I'm, I love what Soph's talking about. I love both of you are talking about yeah. tonight but i also just want to clarify something there's there is lean startup and then there's lean analytics they're oh, both wait. separate right and they're two separate there's things. lean startup which is starting a business from the beginning right and, and then the follow-up to that i would say would you would then then read yes. lean analytics yes. with, startup is is marketing your company to yeah. the correct target market. analytics is spending that money on actual ads and right. seo well, and then scaling lean is and, all about yeah. like the actual data statistics and right. Excel and all that jazz. Lean, so. And Lean Analytics also does a good job of too um, breaking up the. It's a pretty. It's a pretty long. It's not a super long read. There are some sections you can actually probably skip over a bit because it's actually a, it does a good job of breaking up types of businesses between user generated content versus marketplace versus uh, you know fintech versus so on and so forth a subscription service. Right. Uh, and then it even takes that farther and okay what type of business you are now how do you charge? Then the second portion of the book is enterprise licensing, mo- monthly subscription licensing, uh, advertisement charge. Mm. And so it does a really good job of breaking all that up and then kind of throughout it it, it doesn't it's not super super um, statistical, if you would, but it does offer some lines in the sand, quote unquote right. lines in the sand, where okay, now if you are, let's say, a, a SaaS company like we are as Fielder, and your your pricing model is enterprise licensing, like ours, well, it offered some lines in the sand that we can focus on that have to do with our you know our, our annual recurring revenue and so forth. Right, and if you're really looking for analytics, um, I would recommend Scaling Lean by Ash Maria. Mm-hmm. It literally says that's like the follow up. Yeah, I'd say it's to that. literally like, like almost a, a, yeah. It's not necessarily a survey, but you read chapter one, yeah, and it's like you know. If this is you, skip to chapter three. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, And yeah. so you go and it's like, okay, this is where you're at. Don't lie yourself. Don't say you're at stage four. You're actually at stage two. Yeah. Like, let's get started. Like, like you said, so, you're talking about like the empathy to the stickiness. Yeah, to, yes, exactly. Yeah. Yeah. That is, um, yeah. I think that that was great. And it's oh, like, amazing. it really forces you to sit back and be like, Put okay. Things, puts things into perspective. And yeah. when you're really looking at your analytics and, and you're like, why I'm not as where I should be. I'm not doing it right. And it talks about certain modifiers and certain analytics that are so much more important than others. Because others can be so important, but two years down the road. What is it? What is it called? The, the one metric, uh, uh, it's, it's, it's the OM something that they called in lean analytics. It's the one metric to follow, which means like, what is the one metric that if all else fails, what is the one metric to follow right now? But at the end of the day, that one metric you're going to follow is always going to be changing as you do scale your business. So it's going to be different two years later than it is right now. Right. And that's great. It'll follow yeah, you through exactly. the stages and the years exactly. of your business. So, yeah. um, guys, we have one last book. It is called Outliers by Malcolm Gladwell. Oh, I love that book. Yeah. Have you read so, it too? I have not read that, but honestly, I've listened to Malcolm Gladwell like on YouTube and oh, listening awesome. to that stuff, but I want to get into audiobooks. So yeah. that's definitely one on Outliers is an amazing book of, yeah, Malcolm Gladwell, he does, I think he's an international bestseller. He yeah. does a great job of bringing in many 
experts, whether they are, are um, former, you know, not, no longer with us or whether they're still current experts in their industries. And also at that, diversifying the industries that he brings into the book. He talks about everyone from Serena Williams to uh, Bill Gates uh, to Elon Musk and to a few other people. Um, and and, and it, he really defines their origin story of where they got to, how they got to where they are today. And, and, and it really does put things in perspective that a lot of these people, um, yes, they're very, very skilled at what they do, um, but he does express their situations that, look, they're the outliers of their industries. And I'll give you a great example when he talks about Bill Gates. When Bill Gates was 13 years old at his middle school, Bill Gates bartered hours at the computer lab when literally the computer like the like the desktop version whatever was just coming out and like program was just starting to come out he bartered as a 13 year old time in the computer lab when nobody else could access it no student can access it in exchange for building i believe it was a finance or bookkeeping software for his school that he went to we're talking about a 13-year-old Bill Gates who had the skills to do that, but also now we're talking, you know, timing. You know, he was just on the breach, the horizon of when computers were starting to really become innovative. Apple was right around the corner. So, we're, you know, we're really talking when it was, you know, turning into desktops um, and, and when programming languages were getting more and more robust. Well, he, he you know, how many other people were in that situation and had that knowledge and skills and had a, had a school that was willing to barter for him, you know, them to build their software, trust a 13-year-old? I'm going to go ahead and... I'm gonna go, <laughs> I'm gonna go ahead, yeah, I'm gonna go ahead and assume like none. And so that's what defines Bill Gates as an outlier. Yes, he's absolutely, you know, a, a pure genius, but mm -hmm. his whole situation between timing and between, you know, who he was connected with at an early age makes him an outlier. And so that's what the book defines. Yeah. So yeah. Oh, I, I love that. I cannot wait to read that. And y'all, I know I said this was the last book, but while I was sleeping last night, they made like fifty more pages that I just scrolled down and saw. So I've got a question about um we talked a little bit about the Gen Zers and the Millennials, but oh. there's a specific book about marketing to Gen Z. Connor. Okay, I lo okay love that book. You can read that. I read that majority. I read that book on an airplane up to from Florida up to you know New York, so a three hour flight. So let's say three and a half hours. You can get that book read. Awesome book. Whether you're somebody our age, twenty three or eighteen, or you're somebody who's sixty two years old. Matter of fact, I was given this book by a, by a boomer. Um, oh, I love it. You know, of course, we can all. You know, it's it's very straightforward why he was ha he had this book because he needed to learn how to market to Gen Zers as a boomer. Mm -hmm. But even in our case, it's very valuable. And what it does is outlines it's very recent what i love about the content that it brings in is it's all you know in the 2000s or even you know they try to bring it you know no no earlier than 2010 um i think the book came out around then 2011 or 12 or something like that maybe 13 um and so it it'll use a lot of um uh, uh story examples you know i mean they bring in different youtubers and bring in quotes and ask different oh, so it's exactly it really puts things you know the, the way the 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 average consumer, which one of the biggest stats I remember from the book is um, by 2020, 20, yeah, this year, no, by 2020, wow. yeah, yeah, I read this last year, so by 2020, um, which is our, which is literally this year, 40% um, of the consumer market is now Gen Zers, 40% of the consumer market, so it is now a priority, this isn't just a, a you know, you should possibly read this because some of your customers are going to be Gen Zers, no, your customers are going to be Gen Zers, they're 40% of the consumer market, and the book does also a great job of discussing and expressing what what Gen Zers look for in a product and in a service. And I'm going to be very specific right now. If you're a business and you don't have some sort of corporate social responsibility structure where you're giving back on every unit or service or you have partnerships with nonprofits or your employees work, you know, they do volunteers 10% of the week, um, something along lines of corporate social responsibility, I promise you, you are losing so many clients that are Gen Zers because Gen Zers, um, it's a fact, will choose a company who is structured or prioritizes corporate social responsibility versus a company who does not. 
Absolutely. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And just just as a shout out, Connor's right because Instagram came out in 2010. So there you go. Yeah, and then they talk about Instagram. I mean, literally, they talk about Instagram actually. And so there's this whole chapter that talks about social media and it brings in a lot of analytics about you know which. Uh, you know, this was a few years ago, and I'm sure it's changed now. Now we have TikTok too. Yeah. Um, but which social medias have the most multi-active, no. yeah. uh, active users and their age range? And it did show what marketing uh, to Gen Zers did show was what I think a lot of us assumed and already know, honestly, is um, Facebook has now become less and less for the younger age range. Yes. And, and the yeah. majority of users are are, are are Gen Xers. Um, Definitely, yeah. I would totally. Agree still, with some that. millennials. You'd be surprised yeah. how many millennials still use Facebook, but but more so Gen Xers. It's like to keep the family updated. To keep the family yeah. updated. Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly. But so, and we were talking earlier. So I'm doing my MBA. So not everybody is going that route. And like, honestly, you can learn so much from these books that like you can invest in education that you aren't paying thousands of dollars for. Right, right here you can. So there's a book that you'd want to shout out. Yeah, that The is... Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman. Personal MBA by Josh Kaufman. I got to be honest, I'm only two chapters in. Oh, okay. It's what exciting. I'm reading right now. Oh, yeah, that's what I'm reading right now. But it's super good. It's a thick book. Mm. Um uh, uh, and and I believe and I believe it is somebody who did get their MBA, which obviously is great to know that. Look, he got it, and he can still express why he. And, and I'll be completely blunt: why he expresses it's not really worth getting your MBA. Mm-hmm. Um, but again, you know, everybody's scenario is different, and so there are still you know plenty of reasons that you know, especially depending on what industry or what you want to pursue, that do require sometimes even a PhD, especially when we're talking higher education. Um, but, but yeah, no, it, it, and, and it does bundle up a lot of what you will learn and a lot of, I guess, the reasons of just behind his perspective and what he's learned. And there's a lot of facts. It's very fact-based. And speaking of that mm-hmm. and money, who wants to talk about the money master? Money master the game. I saw you just got, didn't you just get that? So I was snooping through my stepdad's book collection, which is like all of these books and then some. Um, But Tony Robbins definitely has been inspiring me a lot lately. The way that he connects and uses human connection and the ability to inspire. Every time I listen to him speak, I get goosebumps and like takes me to a different level of feeling so empowered, so capable. So I started reading Master the Game and honestly, reading his work is like listening to him speak and you can just flow right through it it's a really thick book i'm only about 20 25 pages in but i felt like i could have kept reading all night see that's a good writer especially when you're getting on these topics yeah so it sounds less like a lecture and more like inspirational exactly basically and- don't let money master your life master right master realize that money is just like a means to an end like you're using this to be able to build your dreams and to be able to capitalize on it and would you still be doing what you're doing if you didn't get paid for it is the main question exactly. and, and that's what it's so important about entrepreneurship it's like if it's not if it's not for the money, you're probably gonna succeed. Yeah, you can't go after a dream and and make no money for five years. Oh yeah, no. If you're not, what you know, that's entrepreneurship. People don't realize that until they start and they're not getting paid. Oh yeah. Like, oh my gosh. One of my one of my favorite quotes by Steve Jobs has something to do with what you just said. I, I'm not gonna butcher too much, but it probably won't be word for word. And it's that you're working as an entrepreneur. Um, um, no, I'm sorry. No, yeah, no, I'm sorry. I'm thinking of a different quote. The quote I'm thinking of is as an entrepreneur, you must find something that you are extremely, extremely passionate about and, and really, you know, means that much to you that you'll wake up and do it, you know, when you're not getting paid and, and just doing it for the vision and doing right. it because it's that impactful to you because it's going to get difficult, extremely difficult. Entrepreneurship is lonely. It is, it, you make plenty of sacrifices daily and weekly and monthly. And, and, and it's not what a lot of people think it's going to be. 
Um, and uh, um, but yeah, so no, it, it it definitely puts things into perspective. Intrinsic value, I think, is what the overarching thing is. Is you have to get intrinsic value from what you're doing because if you aren't getting that, like sometimes the money doesn't always. It's gonna match. get tough, and you'll give up. Yeah, any yeah, rational yeah. person would give up. It's pretty much the end to that quote. Is any yeah. rational person, if you don't find something you absolutely love mm-hmm. doing, you're gonna give up at one point because it's it's not doesn't mean to you much for you. And uh, speaking of that, y'all are talking like Ted. I have not read that yet, but I gave my boyfriend that as a gift. So, but I'm gonna read it. So, have you read it? Really good, but portion of it, yeah, Yeah. portion of it, and and meaning a couple sections throughout the whole book, but not book cover to cover. Because it's Um, concepts, so I feel like you could even look at the overarching concept for inspiration. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, main theme of it is is of course how to speak uh, effectively, how to how to communicate and and publicly speak. You know, very very effectively and carry your message across. And it really hits. You know, it really bills on in the shorter amount of time too and one of my favorite um it's not a quote which is one of my favorite stories i always use is is president woodrow wilson he was asked how long does it take for you to prepare a speech this is way back when obviously uh-huh. um he's not our current president obviously <laughs> Thank you. way back when, when just yeah right wait what um no when woodrow wilson was our president he was asked um how long does it take for you to uh, to give your speeches or, or to, to prepare for your speeches i'm sorry prepare for your speeches and he said well that depends if it's a 10-minute speech, it takes me uh, uh, two weeks. If it's a 30-minute speech, it takes me a week. And if I can talk for as long as I want, I don't need any preparation. I can talk right now. Oh, that's great. And then, and that really, yeah, that really defines, you know, it, it takes some thought and it takes some, you know, uh, a practice and preparation to be- take all of your thoughts, everything you want to express on the topic of, of, of matter or subject of matter, whichever you're speaking on, and, and, you know, deliver the same effect or impact in a short amount of time. And I think that's such a good, I think that's such a good book topic because we didn't spend a lot of time talking about, you know, communication. Communication is honestly so important as a leader too. And if you're not being like transparent and being able to communicate in a way that also meets people's love languages, that's a whole different topic. But like being able to communicate in a way that you understand me and you understand me. I mean, we we touched a little bit on it when we talked about how to communicate with your employees, how to be transparent. But it's so important. So everybody's on the same page. Intent intent is far different than the impact of what you have to say. And if you're in a corporate setting or an entrepreneurial setting, if you don't communicate with someone, they may do the exact same thing as you or you I think my mom said this best when she just said I was freaking out about something one day and she just said you know not everybody thinks like you and it was like the the most simple thing to say but then you think about it and you're like I could have said one sentence to Ashley and she could have thought something totally different from me Mm -hmm. and then Connor could have thought something totally different from both of us so it's again it's communicating and saying this is exactly what I need and then on the things that people can be creative with then you can just say I need this but be creative you know but that's a great book yeah. So also the E Myth, I was recommended that the other day. But have you read that? I've not actually read that. No, I just know it's a great book on breaking what, what the E Myth means is the entrepreneurial yeah. myth. Yeah. 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 Okay. So recommend everybody read that. We'll read it too, and yeah. we can discuss yeah. it. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, it was recommended enough to me that it made our list. Yeah. <laughs> that's so great. Yes. And while we're on the topic of kind of still business, I do want to shout out one book. I don't want to get too much into it because it's like a niche market, um, but. Venture Deals. If no one's read Venture Deals, Connor and I have both read Venture Deals. It kind of inspired me to get the current job I have now working with an angel fund. So um, if you guys are interested in how does that process work where the 
the one to two percent of uh, businesses in the world are funded by venture capitalists and angel investors and you're like how do i get more money for my mm-hmm. business yeah. read it it's great it's it's super easy it teaches <clears throat> you a lot and it's not a super big book and that's honestly a problem with a lot of uh, startups nowadays is look you know at the end of the day yes you can be self-employed you can start a little you know mom and pop shop or start something small that won't ever reach you know maybe a, a regional or state you know wide level um but if you're looking, especially now in 2020 with how hyper-competitive all, almost all industries are, um, if you're looking to create a presence and actually hold some market share in your industry, um, you're going to need to raise some money at some point. It's, it's very difficult nowadays. Yes, you can bootstrap. Obviously, you know, we always push for bootstrapping. Um, that's, that's the whole concept right. of starting lean. You know, that's, that's a no-brainer. That goes without saying, I think. But that is only going to get you so far. And if you right. want to reach, you know, early, at least uh, a lot of early and, 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 and broad adoption um, and scalability, then you can definitely expect to raise at least, you know, a, a seed round with an angel investor. Or if you want to really want to get to that, 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 right. that rare, those rare companies that Sophie's is talking about, then you better yeah. expect to work with some venture capitalists. It's great because it basically just it teaches you everything. And it talks about pre-seed stage, seed stage, then angel stage and VC stage. But anyway, um, you know, let us know if you want to know more about that because again not everybody's interested in, in venture capital so yeah right no it's definitely not for for the for the majority it's it's very a very specific topic to read if you're that person but it's also like great to know i feel like expanding your knowledge is really important and having an awareness of how basically the economy and yeah. entrepreneurial as long as you're cool with a lot around. of as long as you're cool with a lot of numbers and have your jaw drop and yeah. you're like oh my god this is what actually happens well that goes right into and yeah. i just saw my stepdad reading this book think and grow rich um by, uh, by napoleon, napoleon hill, hill. yeah awesome book so many people read that and a lot of people read it over and over again that's another book all about mindset all about mm-hmm. establishing the mindset because here's the thing quoting toby tony robbins here because yeah. yeah big first of all big fan of tony robbins yeah, b- attended a, a live thing he did his <gasps> one one of his national thing. speakers kk uh, i'm listening to her uh, next week she's coming to tour uh, doing a little thing with our office at 239 listen to uh, um, oh, nice. chris krista i think it's your kk i call her um and, and met one of his other trainers too. One of his, love Tony, love what he does. And I'm not going to lie. I'm going to be honest with you. I was able to get in contact with him and his team and I sent him a book. Um, oh, wow. That's yeah. amazing. Good so I'm super you, excited. Connor. Him and Dean Graziosi. Him and Dean Graziosi. I sent him both books. So there, it's on the way to them. And I know they're going to get it. Um, yeah. But anyway, um, Tony Robbins. 80% is mindset. 20% yeah. is the doing and is the action and, and the hard skill set. 80% is the mindset. And that's why we're all in this room right now is our mindsets very interconnect. And I mean, gosh. We're here. That's like 20% is the working out. 80% is the, the eating. Yep. Uh, exa- well, there, exactly. Yeah. 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 Exactly. Have the knowledge, but also have the application. Have oh. the awareness Ooh. and then apply it Physio- to your life. Physiology is fundamental to us. I may be fat, but I'm thinking and growing rich, guys. Go read it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, and then the last book, for real this time, the last book that we're going to talk about is The Fourth Turning. Ah, oh, what a better time to get that book than now. <laughs> but here's the thing. It's a bit it's a bit dry. Very factual based, very a lot of statistics and 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 I'll get into what it is here in a quick second. I'll be I'll be brief about it. Um if you're not somebody who gets super engaged when reading a paperback or hardcover book, um and you prefer somebody talking to you, they do have an audiobook. Um I would say get get you know get an audiobook. A lot of people, you know, who I also know have read it or and, and especially those who recommended it to me before I read it. Um, said you might want to check out the audiobook. I went ahead and got the actual copy itself, um, but I know some friends that got the audiobook. Anyway, fourth turning. It takes the last century or so of the uh, economical seasons that we have, the summers, you know, fall, winter, and the spring of what our economy does, which ranges from about every, you know, 18 or 20 so years. Um, well, right now, we're literally in the middle of the winter, which was expected if we were back in September. I mean, we were having a conversation with the gentleman that recommended this book. 
we all knew from just how, how history repeats itself. We had a winter coming. Didn't really, didn't know it was going to be COVID, but we yeah. also didn't know it was going to be a market or housing market crash in 2008. Yes. So that, that's what, that's just, that's just how oddly enough and weirdly enough history does repeat itself. So we are in a winter right now, an economic winter. We, we did reach recession level. So it is great to read that book because it's, you're, you're going to read a whole portion and a whole multiple sections on literally what you're in right now, that winter, how to handle it, how to manage it, what has worked and not worked in the past. Again, for the last centuries dating back to the great depression um so it gives a lot of fact based and a lot of historical based insight into how to handle our winter we're having right now but also how to prepare and how to take advantage of the upcoming spring and summer yes um and 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 honestly what this book has can show you and, and can tell you is it's going to take us uh yes maybe a pandemic's a little bit different than a crash in the housing market but what we've seen over about every single 10 years where we have some little you know big dip in the market recession or just big dip um, is the time to recover has gotten shorter, mm -hmm. the strength of the economy has gotten stronger, and the duration of the length between recessions have gotten longer. Mm -hmm. So things are getting better. Things are looking better for the economy. You know what I mean? It's, and, right. and we just have to get through this. History's repeating itself, but we'll be fine. Yep. Yeah, and, and I think that's a really good point, guys. This podcast is for our travel brats, but it's also for y'all as human beings, as adults, as mm -hmm. business owners, or, you know, employees. And so I think that a lot of these books can relate to all of you mm -hmm. about anything especially you know i feel like it's a great episode to put out right now because there's still a lot of negative sentiment about the economy about you know political ideals about business and you know just keep your chin up guys keep working hard this is like the most innovative country in the world and um yeah we're gonna we're gonna be and, okay and you can't go to the nightclub anyway so go get a book and read it yeah, yeah don't that's run. right <laughs> don't run from the fight you but can't even go make, to the club so make your marks at home yes. and, and read a book and drink a, and drink a book and do some writing yourself <laughs> if anything i am so happy to be here right now too with connor this is very inspirational to be in the room with somebody who's not just saying they're going to do something not planning to do it but they've actually done it and now we're literally holding his book and our hand of something that he has created he's manifested and then he's put in the time and the effort and so that's the difference it's the doing that makes the difference at the end of the day so we want to give a little bit of time at the end for connor to be able to talk about his different endeavors to talk about his book and just give some shout outs on where yeah. to find him i'll be yeah and i'll be super brief about this you know i just want to express my gratitude again for having me on the podcast love love being on here it was a lot, you, a lot of fun love you too um, you know, thank you everyone for, for, for listening to us, obviously, you know, I want to thank all for, for all to all the listeners. Um, but yeah, you know, again, expressing my gratitude for everyone who helped me, you know, build this book. Uh, it was a absolute dream come true. Um, I'm excited to, you know, start the next one, but, but for now, you know, I'm going to, I'm going to sit back and let this one do its thing, but I'm just super excited to know it's impacting a lot of people's lives. Um, and I know if you're somebody, you know, like Ash was just saying, you know, I, I, I am very lucky to be one of those guys who I said I was going to do this and made it happen. I, I, you know, I think there, there are, I know for a fact there are plenty, you know, of, of you all out there. There are plenty of us like out there that think the same way. And so if you're somebody that wants to make something happen, this book is going to be a great tool for you. I highly suggest you get your hands in a copy. You can find it on Amazon.com only. Just search the ever evolving art of balance. I know Sofu Lincoln in here too. Yes. Um, you can definitely. also search my name. I mean, it's it, I, doing doing good on the on the ranking on Google. You can search a couple of the keywords, and I'm I'm up there. Um, but yeah, check out the link in the description. Probably is the easiest way. Paperback and the Kindle are available. Um, and I and I can promise you, it's a promise. It's a guarantee, and it's a promise. This book is going to change your life. You won't close the the last. 
you know, page without looking up and your jaw dropping and just having a whole new perspective on life, new goal set, you know, strengths identified, ways to build on any of your weaknesses, uh, you know, and to, and to capitalize on that. And honestly, to be, you know, I, I can go down the list. I can go down the list, but I'm going to stop there. Get your hands on the book. I promise you it is going to be one of the most impactful things that you read and, and spend your time doing. And guys, um, one last thing for all you travel brats. Um, why why Connor's book is so special uh, to us or to a viewer standpoint and a, a reader standpoint is because it comes from the perspective of us. Um, we can read all these great books, and it, they're, I mean, they're they are wonderful oh. with knowledge, but he's our age, so he's been through the things that we've been, right. and he's he doesn't, he hasn't forgot them, because they were like right. yesterday. And that's, and I love that you just brought that up, because that's what I did, I tried to do a really good job over this book, is, yes, it's absolutely taken many, many, many years, many years worth of my mistakes, failures made, messes that I've created in my life, then turned them into messages, um, and, and the training seminars I've, I've been to, and so forth. But not just that. It's it's taken and curated content f- and 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 just knowledge and power and of the same thing. Those mistakes and lessons learned, but of people on uh, of the nature like Tony Robbins, Dean Graziosi, Steve Jobs, Bill Gates, you know Serena Williams. Um, you know the, the list can go on and on. So it's not it's not just quite for me. It's it's what I've been able to gather from what they've all learned as the you know people who we look up to as industry leaders and leaders in our economy and our entire world. Um, so that's what I think it did a great job of. And so that's why I think it's going to carry a lot of weight because it's not just me. It's, it's curating, curating all of that, that, that wealth and that of, of, of content. And so Travel Brats, happy Tuesday. And we leave you with this. There is more treasure in books than in all the pirates loot on Treasure Island by Walt Disney. Oh, we love it. Okay. Thank you so much, Connor. We love you, Travel Brats. Bye. Bye.